Hey, welcome to the Impact Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We hope this week's message is a blessing to you like it was to us. Let's go ahead and jump into it. Psalm 24, verses 1 through 10. If you're there, say amen. Amen. Psalm 24, verses 1 through 10. The Bible says this, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart. Who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Let's say this next verse. I believe it's verse 6 all out loud together. This is the generation of them that seek him. Him that seek thy face, O Jacob. Then let's go to the next verse. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Selah. What happens when the King of glory comes in? I want to go to second chronicles chapter 7 to read about what happens when the glory begins to show up in the room the bible says this now when solomon somebody say solomon had made an end of praying the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the lord filled the house And the priest could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down, somebody lift up your hand and say, fire come down. And the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement and worshiped and praised the Lord saying, for he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. I want to see that in this service. I want to see revival. If you don't know me, I have one gear. It's called revival. I'm expecting Azusa Street 2.0. Come on, does anybody else have expectant faith tonight for God to move? Why not us? Why not here? Why not now? Why can't God pour it out right now? I believe it with all my heart. I'm going to preach on this subject tonight, a Solomon generation. A Solomon generation. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. God, your word says in the book of Hebrews that you are an all-consuming fire. Oh, God, we feel the gravity of this moment. God, we feel the fight for this moment. God, we have gathered together in one mind and in one accord. Lord, we want your glory. God, we want your fire. God, whatever you need said, God, remove me from the equation, God. Oh, Lord, let Jesus come to somebody in this house. Not secondhand knowledge, but let somebody have a firsthand experience with the power of Jesus, with the fire of Jesus, with the love of Jesus. God, let us see those signs, miracles, and wonders in this room. God, let us be that Jesus. Generation, Let us be a Solomon generation that sees your fire fall in this day, in this hour. In your name we pray. Amen. As you're seated, give Jesus one more great hand clap of praise. A Solomon generation. A Solomon generation. You know, when I think about somebody who reaches generations, I think about this man right here. Do we have a picture of this man? 
But I love to think about Pastor Tom because he reaches multiple generations for the Lord. His vision for a long time and still today is that he bridges the gap. Somebody say bridging the gap. What's that mean? How does he do that? It means connecting generations. Somebody say generations. It means connecting generations by the power of the Holy Spirit. The word generation literally means a group of people born and living around the same time. The word in the Bible has the same definition that, 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 that we use in modern terms when we speak of Gen Z. When we, do I have any Generation Z people in the house? Oh, I don't have any. Do I have any Gen Z people? You're like, who is Gen Z? Do I have any millennials in the house? Do I have any baby boomers in the house? So when we think about generations, when we think about these different things, it's, it's kind of along the same thing. So normally in Bible terms, a generation is between 30 and 40 years. However, there are some exceptions to that rule. But I want to talk about three different generations. I want to preach about these three different generations tonight. Point number one is this, the generation of Moses. Somebody say the generation of Moses. You know, Moses is known for many things. We could talk about him being pulled out of the Nile River by the daughter of Pharaoh. We could talk about him being, being exited out of um, Egypt. And we could talk about him raising a family and marrying an Ethiopian woman. And we could talk about the burning bush and God speaking out to Moses saying, I am that I am. We could talk about the plagues and the great feats that God used him and his rod. We could talk about his stutter, but God, but God using him despite of his weaknesses for his glory. We could talk about him parting Red Seas, but I feel like maybe what he is known for the most is, is when he utters these words in Exodus chapter 33, verse 18, he says, I beseech thee, show me thy glory, O God. Can we just lift up our hands and say, God, show us your glory tonight. God, we dare to cry with Moses, show us your glory. He said, show me thy glory. Moses is on Mount Sinai. As God passes by, he puts Moses into the cleft of the rock, and then he proceeds to give Moses the Torah or the word of the Lord. Now, this is interesting. I was reading about this in Jewish tradition this day that Moses received the Torah or the word of God is celebrated as the festival of weeks. Somebody say the festival of weeks. Just want you to hang tight just for a moment with me. In English, we refer to this Jewish festival, this festival of weeks as Pentecost. Has anybody heard of the word Pentecost before? Somebody say Pentecost. Now listen to me closely here. The Orthodox tradition teaches that the date, that this date, when Moses goes to the top of Mount Sinai and he's given the Torah and more specifically the Ten Commandments, it's given to him on this day, the festival of weeks. So Pentecost, listen, Pentecost at its most original roots is the celebration of the word being given to God's people. So in essence, this is what I want to talk about when I talk about the generation of Moses. The generation of Moses was a generation of people that were in love with the word of God. Hallelujah.
24 says this heaven and earth shall pass away but my words shall not pass away Hebrews chapter 4 says for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even unto asunder the soul and the spirit Psalm 138 verse 2 says for thou hast magnified the word above all thy name is anybody thankful for the word is anybody thankful for the inerrant infallible word of God. When we speak about the generation of Moses, you can't call yourself Pentecostal unless you are a person, a young adult, a teenager who is in love with the word of God. If we've ever needed a generation in love with the word of God, we need it today. Amen. The Bible says this, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. When we speak of the word, we know the word is Jesus. The word became flesh. He died on the cross. He took the nails in his hands. He took your sins on him. He rose on the third day so we could be saved. Amen. Is anybody thankful for the word? Is anybody thankful for the written word of God? Is anybody thankful that it can stay? You can stand on the word. You can walk in the word. The word will give you peace. The word is the way. Come on, somebody give Jesus a great hand clap. The word, the word. When we talk about the generation of Moses, we talk about a generation of the word. But I want to go to number two quickly, the generation of David. The generation of Moses is the generation of the word, but the generation of David is known for something different. David is known for many things as well. We read about David in the field. We read about him killing a bear. We read about him killing a lion. We read about Samuel coming with the oil and, pour, and pouring it over his head. We read about him going out to the giant, right? And he defeats the giant. We hear about him getting anointed a couple other times. We hear about him as king over all of Israel, right? All these different things but maybe what he is known for the most David is his talent as a psalmist first Samuel chapter 16 says this and it came to pass when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul that David took a harp and played with his hand so Saul was refreshed and well and the evil spirit departed from him David was a worshiper David was a man that valued the presence of God more than anything else wasn't it David that said I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than be anywhere else why because he loved his presence he enjoyed his presence he had to have his presence he was a man that brought the presence of God back to Jerusalem how on the shoulders the Bible says of the Levites in the midst of of the sound of songs and musical instruments. The Bible says that the presence of God had been away from the people of God for a very long time. But the Bible says that he called the Levites and the Levites put the presence of God on their back. And the Bible says that he had a band, that he had singers, that he had instrument players. And as they brought the glory back, what, what brought the glory back? What brought the power back? It was a generation of worshipers. It was a generation of David that says we will be the psalmist we will be the ones to give God glory I wish somebody would take 30 seconds and say I want to be that I want to be a worshiper I want to worship when nobody else worships I want to praise God I want to dance before the ark and the presence I want to give God glory I want to give him what he does do I have anybody that loves the presence of God in this house 
The Bible says he danced with all his might as the ark came back to the city. There he built a tent and appointed 288 singers and 4,000 musicians to minister before the Lord day and night. The generation of David was of people that were in love with worship and the presence of God. We all know this verse, Psalm 22 and verse 3. But thou art holy God, and thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Thou inhabitest the praises of his people. There is one answer for you to get back in the presence of God. It's for you to throw your hands up, let your voice loose, and say, God, I will be that generation. I'll, we need to have a generation that's just not in love with the word we need a generation that's not just in love with worship but we need one that says i want the word i want the spirit god let us let us bring it together so the glory of god will come and revival will come in our midst and then there was the generation of solomon solomon is known for many things the generation of moses was the generation of the word somebody say the word the generation of David was the generation of worship. Someone say the uh, worship. But the generation of Solomon is known for something different. What is he known for the most? It's building the temple of the Lord. Not just building the temple of the Lord, but fire falling in that temple. Somebody put your hand on your heart and say fire fall in this room today. He didn't just build the temple, but the fire fell in that temple. Why was Solomon chosen? Why wasn't the generation of Moses chosen? Why wasn't the generation of David chosen to see the temple built and the fire of God fall? Why was it his generation, the generation of Solomon, the Solomon generation that got to experience the fire falling in the temple? Listen to me right now. Solomon understood what Moses Moses had. He understood that, that Moses went to the top of Mount Sinai and got the Torah and got the word of God and experienced the original day of Pentecost on that day. But he also understood what his daddy David had. He understood that his daddy David was, was good in worship, uh, exalted the power of worship. But Solomon understood to experience the fire falling in the temple. He had to have aspects of both generations that came before him. Oh, listen to this. God told Solomon, I will give you anything you ask me for. What did Solomon say? Solomon said, I choose wisdom and knowledge. What is that? In that moment, he chose the word. He chose the word of God, but he didn't stop there. Solomon kept the worship going on in the temple, day and night worship, entertaining the presence of God. What's he saying? I need what my old man David had. I need what Moses had. I need the word. I need God to speak to me. I need the written word. But David didn't have a temple, but he had a mobile, a mobile tabernacle. And in that tabernacle, he had thousands of people worshiping God, praying day and night. If we want to be a generation that sees miracles, signs, and wonders, if we want to be a generation that exalts the name of Jesus and sees God move in a way we've never seen him move, we've got to be like Solomon and say, I want what my grandma had. I want what Moses had. 
I want what David had. I don't just want that. I want to put it together. I want the word. I want your word, God. But I want worship. Lord, we want to see your fire fall through the word and the spirit. Come on, somebody give him glory in this house. A Solomon generation says, I need the word. A Solomon generation says, I need the worship. A Solomon generation says, I need both to experience the fire of the Holy Spirit. There are word-driven people in this room. You've got to expand your word-driven experience to your worship. Amen. Some of y'all have never danced before the Lord, lifted up your hands, but God said, if you want fire to fall, expand your worship. But there's other, your worship heavy. You don't know the word of God. You don't know the gospel you don't know the death burial and resurrection you've got to abandon worship for a little bit and say God give me your word this word is the light unto my path and a lamp unto my feet God give me the word in my life if there'll be somebody if there'll be some young adults if there'll be some young teenagers say God give me both that's when the heavens will open and the fire of God will fall I know I got some theologians in the house tonight. I know people who, who know the word of God. You're passionate about the word of God. And you may say, well, Robbie, that's the Old Testament scripture. Well, Robbie, that happened then. That happened in Solomon. Can I, can I take you quickly as they come back to the piano and music quickly? I have to end with the book of Acts chapter 2 because the fire just didn't fall in the Old Testament. But can I tell you, you fast forward thousands of years later, the temple is not not there anymore it's not physically there but this is what the bible says in acts chapter 2 this is where fire falls in the new testament when we speak about fire listen when we talk about the glory of god when we talk about the fire of god it is the holy spirit it is him it is the third person of the trinity it is the very tangible the fire the wind the rain it's all talking about the holy spirit when we talk about wanting fire to fall it is wanting a move of the holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit comes to exalt the name of Jesus so we can see him in a deeper way we never have before. Fire fell again, but it wasn't in the temple Solomon built. Are you still with me for a second? Fire fell again, but it wasn't in the Old Testament. It wasn't in B.C. It was in A.D. Amen. Fire fell again, but it was on the inside of human beings who God built. Amen. God, the first time when fire fell in that temple, it was built with earth in man's hands. They put gold on it. It was a great temple, but that temple was destroyed. But in Acts chapter 2, there was another temple. There were 120 temples temples that were made from the dust of the earth they were made in the image of God the Bible says the fire fell in a physical room that was called the temple in the Old Testament but in Acts chapter 2 when they were gathered in one mind and in one accord the Holy Ghost just didn't fill the room the Holy Ghost filled every individual person that was in that room I'm here to tell somebody the fire of God isn't just meant to invade this physical room but the fire of God wants to get deep down inside of you in your heart in your mind in your that's what that's what a Solomon generation says I know if I read the word I know if I get the worship then the fire of God won't just fall in the room but it'll fall in me 
see as the temple of the Holy Ghost. What did the fire do? Oh, stay with me just for another second. I promise I'm almost done. What did the fire do when it fell in a physical temple? It broke down every barrier that the world tried to build against the people of God. You know the world hates the church. The world hates the church. That's why the church can't be worldly. Because the world hates the church. Hallelujah. The world will try to turn the church against itself. It'll, it'll try to make us divide up into different groups, into different factions, by our education, by our money, by the color of our skin, by the way we talk, whether we're from a different country or from the north. or from, That's not the Bible. The Bible says there's need, neither Greek nor Jew. Hallelujah. If we are in Christ, if we love the Lord, we are not separate. We are, we are brought together, unified in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. The fire is here when the fire falls. When the fire fell in Acts chapter 2, hear me, it was to tear down walls that the enemy had tried to build against the people of God. There are walls that have tried to be, be, be built between people in this very room. Oh, I'm coming for somebody. Amen. I'm coming for some people in this room. It is not the will of God that united be divided from impact. It is not the will of God that impact be, divide, be divided from united. No, if we really want to see revival, I have felt something in my spirit. I felt a war, but there is breakthrough in this house. Hallelujah. We are together. We are unified. Not by anything else, but the name of Jesus and the power of God and the fire of God and the glory of God. The fire won't fall unless the people will be unified. The fire won't fall unless there's unity that comes to a people. Hallelujah. If we get, you want to know why God's moving in such a great way in this moment? It's because we're tearing down barriers. We're saying, we know, we know we've had differences. We know that people have talked about other people in the past. We know that other people have been in and out and leadership and all these different things. But can I tell you, today is a new day. Can I tell you? you today is a day of revival and the Holy Spirit wants to fall like fire in this house to bring together oh to bring together this group of people for the glory of God hallelujah when the fire fell in Jerusalem in Acts 2 it broke down generational walls hallelujah when it fell in Acts chapter 2, it broke down sexual walls. In Acts chapter 2, it broke down racial walls. In Acts chapter 2, it broke down ethnic walls. Hear me. When the fire fell, stereotypes were broken, gossip was devoured, and culture was destroyed. Listen, friend. Culture does more bad than good most of the time. Culture will try to separate you from those around you. When Acts chapter 2, there were people from all types of different cultures. 
you hear me? There were people from Northern Africa. There were people from Europe. There were people from, 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 uh, from Asia. They were talking in different languages, in different dialects. There were some light-skinned brothers. There were some darker-skinned brothers. There were people that couldn't understand each other, but they were all Jewish people gathered in that location for such a time as that. But when the fire fell, when the Holy Ghost fell, when, when they broke out of that upper room, it was destroying cultural things. It didn't matter what they ate. It didn't matter what culture they came from. They were all brought into one culture, the kingdom culture, the Jesus culture, the glory culture. That's what the Holy Spirit does. When the fire fell, the older people were unified with the younger people. When the fire fell, the light-skinned people were unified with the dark-skinned people. When the fire fell, it hit the men, it hit the women, and it hit the children, everybody that was in that area. When the fire fell, it unified everybody in the room. The Holy Spirit doesn't make us one in impact. The Holy Spirit doesn't make us one in united. The Holy Spirit makes us one in Jesus. That's what the fire does. That's why we want it to fall. That's why we are gathered together tonight. Because the Holy Spirit knows we have yet to tap into the power that we can. United. In one body. In one accord. Amen. If we want the fire to fall, we've got to become united right here. In Jesus. In Jesus. For his glory. Will you be a Solomon generation? Will you thirst after the word of God? Will you thirst after worship and the presence of God? So the fire of God will fall. Will you let that fire consume your heart and life? Will you walk in forgiveness? Will you let the Holy Ghost fall and say, God, make me new again. God, let us see a move of God. Lord, we want to be that Solomon generation that sees a move of God in our midst that brings revival, that touches, that touches everybody around us. Thanks for listening. If you were blessed or encouraged, go ahead and subscribe to the Impact Podcast and share it with a friend to bless them too. Connect with us on Instagram at ImpactYM. And remember, you can have as much of God as you want.